Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Friday edition of the program. We've made it to the weekend. Glad to have you here as we wrap up the week. Complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective each day here on the Hoosier Report. And a reminder, tonight we will be at Jeffersonville for the Silver Creek-Jeffersonville game tonight. Both of those teams really need a win here early in the season. Silver Creek coming off of a loss Friday to North Harrison to open Mid-Southern Conference play, the Red Devils without Will Lovings-Watts and head head coach Andrew Grants uh, coming off a loss uh, to Seymour. And I don't believe Grants is going to be coaching tonight. He's under the weather. He's uh, had some issues this past week, but I understand on the mend. And uh, Will Lovings-Watts uh, still out and uh, possibly will return some point over Christmas break is the latest. So we'll have that game for you tonight, pregame coverage, about 7-10 or so here on the Big X, and of course, tip-off in that contest is scheduled for 7.30 this evening. Let's take a look at the show lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one will open here in just a few moments with our daily headlines, a summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana Sports News. We'll take a look at a new IU basketball, interesting, intriguing uh, recruiting target. Uh, We'll also look at some uh, football notes and high school hoops tonight and just some local things as well all coming up here in the opening segment then later in the hour dylan wallace he's the sports editor of the seymour tribune he will join for the latest on iu hoops we'll take a final look at iu notre dame for saturday the last year of the crossroads shootout uh, in indianapolis tomorrow two exciting games Uh, it's been a fun event i am one that Uh, appreciates Indiana teams getting together, but I do think it's time to turn the page, at least for now, and to move on to something else like a big rivalry with Kansas, a home-and-home. I love uh, those type of games, home-and-home series in college basketball. Uh, I think Indiana should have one with Kentucky and with Louisville, and uh, who knows who else. uh, You know, you want to keep the the non-conference schedule reasonable, especially when you uh, have a new coach and a new situation coming into the program, but those are just the kind of almost like protected rivalry games that just exist for fans to get excited. And um, I just I, I wish there were more of them. So kudos to IU and Kansas for getting this replacement game set for next year. I know people already buzzing about that, uh, but we'll talk about the Crossroads Classic today, the IU-Notre Dame game. Uh, we'll talk lots of IU basketball today with Dylan when he's with us a little bit later in the hour. And then we'll wrap up the week with Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star. He always joins us to talk basketball, high school hoops, uh, recruiting, and more. And uh, we'll, we'll talk some of that today, but also kind of an interesting situation. If you keep up with high school sports in our state, 
a couple of the big dogs have left uh, the big conference in Indianapolis and uh, uh, kind of some uh, some interesting things have transpired this week. We'll talk about that and tell you uh, what that landscape looks like now. It's kind of drawn some interest from across the state. Obviously, uh, when you've got uh, big and, and powerful schools like Carmel and Center Grove and others making moves, um, you know, it's interesting to follow even down here. And could there be some sort of conference realignment coming at the high school level? Could uh, some of this movement uh, eventually reach down here in southern Indiana and affect the Hoosier Hills Conference or the Mid-Southern Conferences? Who knows? I don't think so. But in this world we're in today, you just never know exactly where things are headed. So we'll cover all of that more with Kyle a little bit later today. And that is the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. I would love to hear your predictions for the IU-Notre Dame game tomorrow. I, I'm really not sure. I went back and forth on this one. I think it's because uh, of the Notre Dame win over Kentucky that uh, maybe it's made them seem or appear to be, and, and maybe they are, a more sound opponent for the Hoosiers. I initially thought this was a game, um, if Indiana played like they did against Syracuse, even the first half, obviously, of Wisconsin, I think they would beat almost anyone. But if they play at that level, I thought this w- would be a win. However, with Notre Dame's win over Kentucky, I think we're uh, kind of second-guessing things. So I'm curious, your prediction, you got a score, you got a winner, you got a thought on the game tomorrow, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. That is the Thornton's text line. You can send in anything you want, questions, comments, thoughts on high school games, IU basketball, IU football recruiting, uh, whether it's a question, your opinion, we'll do our best to, to work it into the program today. Again, that number is 502-414-1450. Just like a text message, just get your phone out, type that number in, and uh, send us a message. It'll come through to us here at the Big X. And that is the Thornton's text line. You can download the Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today on your phone for great offers and savings on fuel Every single day. Let's look at our headlines for today. A summary of the day's top IU and Southern Indiana sports news. Jeff Rabjohns of Pigs.com. He had a story uh, yesterday about a new big man target on the IU basketball recruiting radar. And it's always fun to follow recruiting. Uh, always interesting to see who this staff is getting involved with. And it's been a lot of fun with Dane Fife and Kenya Hunter and Yasir Rosemond, of course, led by Mike Woodson, to see some new uh, opportunities recruiting-wise for this IU basketball program. And this new player, I've not seen him, uh, heard a little bit about him, Six foot nine in the 2023 class. So he's a junior this year in high school basketball. Power forward, his name is, and I'm, hope, I'm hoping that I'm pronouncing this right, his name is Bay Dongo, and he is uh, – plays at Colorado Prep, and according to Jeff Rabjohns' report, Kenya Hunter is planning to watch Dongo play at the uh, Tarkanian Classic in Las Vegas this weekend. And We talk a lot about high school basketball and holiday tournaments and some of the big games that are going to take place and the opportunities that are unique for teams that they'll get to do over the next few weeks. You want to talk about an unbelievable holiday tournament setting, the Tarkanian Classic played out in Las Vegas. They've got a number of different divisions, uh, girls and boys, prep schools, um, all the way down to normal high schools. It has become a huge, huge holiday time hoops event. Of course, you get uh, even teams from Kentucky occasionally will go play uh, in the Tarkanian Classic. I think Evangel Christian 
may be playing there this year. But Indiana, with that 300-mile rule, they can never get the chance to to do something like that or to go to Florida over the Christmas holiday. But this is a, a big-time event, and the Dongo's team, Colorado Prep, playing in one of the divisions out there. So a lot of versatility, it seems, with uh, Dongo. Originally from uh, Senegal is where he is from, uh, and an interesting player to follow uh, as Indiana's recruiting begins to take more shape. I think, obviously, we expect a uh, big man, forward, wing, uh, some sort of uh, player other than a guard to be the next big target of the uh, 2023 class for the Hoosiers. So just a name to watch. Also, you know, COVID is not over. It's still forcing some havoc at times on college basketball. And it seems that if you follow just the sports world, there have been a number of things canceled or postponed. I saw... There's a hockey game in Canada, an NHL game that's going to be played tonight or this weekend without fans due to an uptick in COVID in that specific city. Uh, and the Kentucky game, they were supposed to play in Las Vegas against Ohio State. I was curious to watch that one this weekend, try to get an understanding early on about the Buckeyes. But because of Ohio State having some COVID issues, uh, that game for this weekend has been canceled. Kentucky went ahead on to Las Vegas in hopes that they could find a replacement in a game, and it looks like North Carolina is going to be their replacement game. North Carolina was supposed to play UCLA, who also has had to shut down temporarily because of COVID as well. So, uh, And also related to this, I thought this was pretty neat. Someone sent this to me. Rick Pitino, who's become pretty active on Twitter in the last year and a half or so, I think he started his uh, Twitter account when he went over to Greece to coach the professional team. He tweeted at Kentucky Men's Basketball uh, yesterday and said, you know, we'll play you and we'll travel, saying he would love to see his Iona team get an opportunity to play uh, one of his former teams, the Wildcats, out in Vegas. And I tell you what, Iona beat Alabama, you know, earlier in the year. It was a heck of a game. I got to see the very end of that game. And Iona's, you know, set to have a really good team in their conference this year, which should be no surprise for anyone that's followed Coach Patino with his recruiting and I think his ability to develop players. Those things never came in question anywhere he was at uh, during the course of his college hoops career. But uh, obviously that didn't work out. It's going to be Kentucky and North Carolina. At least I believe that's what's set for this weekend in replacement of the Ohio State game. So it's going to be interesting as we move into the holidays and then, of course, come out of the holidays what COVID is like with the new variant and uh, some people getting it, even though they have the vaccine, which is crazy. Uh, the number of people I feel like in the last two weeks that maybe they're not terribly sick, but they have gotten COVID, even though they had the vaccine. Seems like a real uptick of that to here recently as well. So will this stuff affect college hoops this season? Will it affect the IU schedule uh, this season? I think it's something that at this point we don't know, but it is something to watch as we head into and then, of course, out of the holiday season. One IU football note here in our headline segment. Uh, we mentioned yesterday, really good class by Tom Allen. And I think Matt Weaver, who came on yesterday to talk IU football, said it best. Uh, this is not a recruiting class you would expect any program to have after a 10-2 and two season, maybe after a uh, or a 2-10 and 10 season, maybe after 10 wins, 2 losses, uh, you would expect this kind of season. But uh, not after a 2-10 and 10 season would you expect Indiana to have the recruiting class with uh, uh, some of the highest-ranked players they've ever had in two or three different positions to be a top 25 class in the country. Uh, and, of course, the thing's still churning because that transfer portal very active and IU already with eight from the portal as of yesterday. But the one thing missing from the class this year 
is four-star commit Omar Cooper Jr. He has said he is going to evaluate things uh, with uh, with the team and the new offensive coordinator, Walt Bell, before he makes a decision coming up here. Uh, we would think in the next month or so there is an opportunity in February to sign as well. So uh, Indiana could be in a situation where they lose Omar Cooper, who obviously was one of the big names, not the biggest, but one of the big names of their recruiting class this year. So we'll have to kind of wait and see how that situation plays out. A couple local notes to get to as we close out our headlines today. I watched most of the UofL volleyball Final Four match last night. I don't know a lot about volleyball. I do know that whether it's high school or college, it's especially fun to watch, I think, in person, and the Wisconsin-Louisville match last night was terrific. Uh, Louisville goes down in a uh, fifth set uh, situation, going to 15 points. Uh, So tough there. I thought Louisville may have a chance to get to the championship and win it, but after watching Wisconsin last night, I'm not so sure that they aren't the favorite to win the championship coming up this weekend. But another shout-out, Providence graduate C.C. Rush, sophomore on the UofL team. She's the libero, also a defensive specialist, for the Cardinals. She had one dig last night and also a service ace in the defeat. So a good performance uh, from her. Neat to see her on national television. I've known her her father, Todd, and a lot of the family for uh, many, many years. I saw him on TV last night cheering really hard in some of the key moments of that match. So obviously really cool experience for her. And also before we get to high school basketball for tonight, a really good girls basketball game last night. I had it on my phone with the uh, volleyball game going on. Uh, Silver Creek, who had won 22 games the girls had in a row, they went to Bedford last night. Bedford number five in 4A. We all know the, the power that Bedford has been, not just for a couple of years, but for many years now uh, in basketball here in southern Indiana. And uh, Silver Creek gave them everything that really Bedford could handle uh, Silver Creek had a, uh, a lead early on, a 6-8 point lead pretty consistently. Uh, Bedford able to make a comeback, and then Silver Creek had another push at it in the final four or five minutes of the ball game. but ultimately Bedford wins 49-42. Silver Creek falls to 12-1 on the season. Bedford 11-1. They've only lost to a really good team from over in Illinois a little earlier in the season. But again, uh, kudos to Silver Creek and Scott Shane, they have played coming off a state championship season and losing some key players from last year. They have really played a challenging schedule, willing to take on all comers, and it doesn't stop with this Bedford game. They're headed up to the region area of the state next to play a couple games over the holiday time as well. So this Silver Creek team, for real, uh, I think that the early uh, indications would be they have a chance at least – Uh, from the southern half of the state to maybe get back to the 3A state championship game. There will be some challenges along the way, but this is another really good season for girls basketball uh, at Silver Creek and be fun to see how they uh, do because guess what? We're halfway through or just maybe over halfway through for some of the teams, uh, the girls basketball season. So really good start to the first half for Silver Creek. And now let's see what they can do in the back half of the year. And of course, in the tournament tonight are starting at the conclusion of the season as well. Speaking of tonight, high school basketball across the area, there's a couple good games. We'll be at Silver Creek at Jeffersonville tonight, 7.30 tip-off, 7.10 pregame show. Greg Mingeld of Hoosier Hills Hoops spoke with Coach Grants yesterday. He doesn't think he will be coaching tonight, still recovering from 
and illness, and Will Loving's Watts will not play tonight, we understand, for the Red Devils, but could be back any time over the Christmas break. Of course, Jeff has a holiday tournament coming up over at Western High School in Louisville. They're actually going to open up with a very tough DeSales team on Monday evening in the first round of that tournament. Another really big game tonight, Floyd Central at Providence. The Highlanders 3-1. and one. Providence off to a good start as well. They are 4-1. and one. Obviously, the Highlanders are the favorite, but Ryan Miller's teams at Providence play defense. He was a former assistant for a number of years to Todd Sturgeon at Floyd Central. He knows what the Highlanders are going to do, and now it's up to see if uh, the Providence team can, team can slow them down or, or maybe stop what their game plan is. Nobody better to prepare for a game uh, here in our area than Ryan Miller. He's always going to have the Pioneers ready to go uh, to the very best of their ability. So that's another big one tonight. We'll be following uh, that ball game as well. We'll see if the Highlanders can record another win. Again, they're the favorite, but at Providence with Ryan Miller at the helm, you just never know quite what to expect. I, I really do think that will be a, a very competitive, a reasonably competitive ball game tonight uh, at Providence High School. A couple other games to mention tonight. North Harrison after the big win over Silver Creek. They're at Brownstown. Corden is at Scottsburg tonight. West Washington will take on Borden to start the Washington County Invitational Tournament. Also, Eastern will play Salem tonight in that Washington County Invitational, the other first-round game. South Central takes on Christian Academy tonight. Both of those teams desperately need a win here early on. Henryville at Lanesville, that's a Southern Athletic Conference game tonight. Rock Creek goes across the river to Holy Cross in Louisville tonight. They will play over there. Rising Sun at New Washington. Paoli at Austin. That is a look at some of the local games tonight. New Albany off tonight. They will travel to Carmel on Saturday night for a big challenge to take on another one of the state's best teams in the Greyhounds of Carmels. That's a look at our Friday headlines to start the program. Stay with us. We're going to talk IU basketball next with Dylan Wallace. He's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. Lots to get to an IU Notre Dame preview. We'll talk about some of the matchups and this Fighting Irish team as well. Stay with us for that. And then Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star joins in the final segment today. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back here on this Friday edition of the program. The Thornton's text line always open, 502-414-1450. That is 502-414-1450. High school basketball on the Big X tonight. We have Silver Creek at Jeffersonville. We'll be on with our pregame coverage around 7-10 coming up later this evening. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, joins me now as we talk IU basketball in advance. Dylan of the final Crossroads Classic tomorrow afternoon in downtown Indianapolis. Yeah, how about that? Uh, it's been, what, 11 years, I think. Uh, IU's got the best record in it. They're 7-3. and three. Um, So, you know, they've always done uh, pretty well in this. And, uh, you know, your hope they can uh, close out the last one with the, with another W. 
Uh, it's another Dame team that's you know coming off just beating Kentucky uh, just a week ago last Saturday. They were able to upset the Wildcats, so uh, makes the the game a little bit more interesting here coming up tomorrow. But yeah, you know I think um, a lot of people are are happy that Crossroads is going to be done. I'm sure there's some people who who always enjoyed kind of having the four kind of top biggest basketball schools in the state playing each other every once in a while. But it's a good thing ultimately, as we saw um, earlier this week, that IU's got that home and home with Kansas. Uh, scheduled for the next few years around the exact same time the Crossroads is every single year. Um, so that's been good. But, yeah, you know, if IU ever wants to play uh, a Notre Dame or a Butler, you know, just in its non-conference slate down the road, that's always a possibility they could schedule as well. So, you know, playing those teams is not going to be off the table at this time of year ever again. So that's a good thing. But, yeah, hopefully uh, Indiana can, can come out and get a, a neutral floor victory. You know, they haven't won outside of Assembly Hall this season, so that'll be a – maybe a good thing for them to kind of play outside of assembly and get another W. So uh, this is probably the, the big, the next biggest game since uh, before big 10 is played. is going to start up in January. Cause after this, they get a couple of easier games uh, before they go to Penn state and then host Ohio state. So, uh, They've had about a week off here, so it's a big opportunity for them to to get a nice W. Yeah, we'll break down the matchup in just a moment, but I think it was Zach Osterman from the Indy Star that had a story this week, some of the best moments from the Crossroads Classic. You mentioned IU at this point has the best record. It's been a pretty good event, I think, for IU over the years, but whether it was Finnessy's buzzer beater a few years back and there have been some other memorable moments there have really been some challenging close finishes buzzer beater type games uh over this uh what is it now the number of years that it's happened uh, at the crossroads shootout classic yeah it's been uh, there's been a, pretty, a lot of pretty cool fun moments i think a lot of them with indiana too uh you know they i remember i think it was yogi Farrell's last year they they were down like 16 and they came back against Notre Dame and beat them um, you had the the game in 2018, I think, where it was uh, you know the Jack McRoberts gets the rebound off of the missed free throw and gives it to Jawan Morgan and he dunks it in. That was Archie Miller's kind of first uh, you know big win. Uh, Notre Dame was number 18 at the time uh, during that game. That was a crazy finish. Um, obviously, the Finnessy buzzer beater against Butler in 2019 was really exciting. I was in the building for that, uh, and he drained that shot. <laughs> that was that was you know there's been some really cool fun moments. I think. I think there's been a couple with with Purdue as well uh, against against Notre Dame or Butler that I that I might have that don't remember vividly. But yeah, I mean there's, they've always kind of provided some some decent games, and you know the, the crowds usually show out, and it, obviously it's mostly IU and Purdue fans who will, who will make the the attendance. But Butler sometimes gets a, you know because they're in Indies, they sometimes get a, a decent show out as well. Um, so it's always been good. You know, I always thought it'd be cool if IU and Purdue were able to play in Lucas Oil or not Lucas Oil. Uh, Bank, or it's called Gainbridge Fieldhouse now. Uh, I, I keep forgetting what it's called. Um, but, yeah, that'd be cool because, you know, you play neutral site, see who, who what all fans show up. But, you know, obviously there's, there's a reason why they don't play in the crossroads and they play two home games in the conference play. But it's definitely provided some pretty fun moments, um, which I think it's been good. You know, it's had a, a nice 11 years. It's been a good run. And, uh, you know, I think it's kind of run its course in a way. And as I said, you know, if Indiana and Purdue want to play a Butler or a Notre Dame, in the non-conference slate down the road, either at a neutral site game or, you know, in Hinkle, at Mackey, and Assembly, wherever it may be, it's still a very real possibility. So, you know, these teams just won't ever play again. You know, there's a possibility they can schedule themselves down the road, which would be good to, you know, play some in-state teams still. But still, you know, you don't need it every single year. And as we can see, you know, just with, with how good Indiana and Purdue are hoping to kind of build their programs up, there's probably going to be a lot of good opportunities for them. We, we've already seen it with IU. 
Uh, and I'm not saying that the reason IU couldn't play Kansas in the past was because they were in the crossroads. No, but you know they could have scheduled them before. But this opens up with just a lot more opportunities now for for some of the non-conference things. Maybe you get into one of the bigger um, tournament or holiday things that that are available. So it's a good thing. But you know the crossroads has provided at least it's provided some pretty fun moments, as you said. And uh, hope hopefully there's uh, there's some cool ones this Saturday in the last one. All right, uh, Dylan Wallace is my guest talking IU basketball. Let's jump into this Notre Dame game a little more. I'm kind of interested. There's a few things that that interest me. Number one, Notre Dame uh, doesn't have a deep bench. In Indiana, at least to this point, Mike Woodson has shown at times he will play a number of players. So I'm curious that if that factors into the game. And then Blake Wesley, we talked a lot about him as a high school prospect because Indiana recruited him. In fact, he very, very much considered going to the Hoosiers under Archie Miller. Uh, he's had a great first year at Notre Dame, and I'm curious if the IU defense can slow him down at all. Yeah, he's been really fun to watch. You know, I I, I talked to him. I talked to his dad uh, back when when I was covering the IU to you know when they were recruiting him pretty heavily. Uh, and you know they're really good family. He's a good kid, and it was it was, you know he stayed kind of at home and, and went to to Notre Dame because he, he went to school in the South Bend area. Um, but yeah, you know he's been really good. Obviously, he, he's one that that hit that shot um, in the final seconds against Kentucky to take the lead. So you know he he's he's a big time player already. You know, just the, as a true freshman. So uh, he's been fun to watch. And yeah, their team is interesting. They're not very deep. Um, and they have got a lot of couple players that that I recognize from last year's team as well. And last year's team uh, wasn't the best. And I think this year's team there wasn't super high expectations for them. But you know they they've done okay. And obviously beating Kentucky last week was a pretty big win for them. Um, got got them feeling pretty good about themselves, I'm sure. So it, it's definitely not going to be kind of a walkthrough game for Danny. You know, this is going to be another game where they're going to have to play for all 40 minutes. Uh, that's been the biggest kind of concern about this team so far is can they put together two halves of good basketball? You know, they've had a uh, one, they've had bad first halves but good second halves. They've had bad first halves and good second, or you know, bad or good first halves and bad second halves. So it's going to be interesting to see if Indiana can pull that together. You know, they're going to have. Uh, probably probably a good crowd there cheering them on, and you know Mike Woodson has talked about earlier this week how you know he loves playing in Indianapolis. Indianapolis is his home because he grew up there. So I think he's gonna be he's gonna really want to get that win. And you know I think the contrast of Indiana willing to play a lot of guys, keeping fresh bodies in and out versus Notre Dame maybe being a little bit more tired could play to Indiana's advantage. But that also depends on who's producing for Indiana. We've seen games where the bench comes in and doesn't do a whole lot. Or we've seen the starters struggle and the bench kind of comes in and helps them out. So, you know, you hope everybody that comes in and plays is able to contribute um, because I'm sure he'll go, you know, 10 deep again. He likes to he likes to get, you know, in Anthony Leal, Jordan Geronimo, Michael Durr, um, and Tamar Bates, you know, those are kind of, and Rob Finnessy. So that, that's five right there that he always likes to play at some point. So um, I'm sure Nana will go 10 deep, maybe 11 if Lander sees the minutes. Um, and, you know, I think the rotation is always just the biggest thing that people are going to look at throughout this non-conference is, you know, how, how what is Mike Woodson doing with the rotation? Who does he want to play in what situations? Um, and that's, that's always been kind of the big focus here. And it's going to continue to be that throughout the non-conference where they, where they have time to at least try some things out here and there. Um, and, you know, it's going to be fun to watch uh, and see how they, they're able to handle Notre Dame because, this is a, you, you know, this is going to be a, a big opportunity for you. you got to get this win. You know, you, you don't want to lose this game and then kind of have three losses going into Big, big Ten play with not really a good signature win on your resume. I'm not saying Notre Dame will be a, you know, a world-beating signature win, but it'll at least be a, a – it, it'd be better to get a win here than a loss, I guess, for the resume. So, you know, hopefully they're able to come out and, 
you know, they've had a good, a decent amount of time off here with finals week to, to kind of regroup and resettle, get healthy or whatever it may be. So you hope they're just ready to play and uh, they can string together two, two uh, halves of good basketball. Dylan Wallace, sports editor of the Seymour Tribune, is my guest. You know, I didn't realize this until watching some of that Notre Dame Kentucky game, but the Fighting Irish have a big guy, six foot ten. His name is Nate, and I don't know that I know how to pronounce his last name, but I'll be curious to see if he can hang with Trace Jackson Davis. We've seen teams so far this season, some with big guys to match him, some without, try all sorts of different defensive schemes and uh, ways to attempt to at least limit his touches, and really no one has been terribly successful. He's found a way to impact most uh, most every game Indiana uh, has played so far this year. So I'll be curious if the big man from Notre Dame can slow Trace down at all. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because obviously Trace has sometimes struggled with with guys that are are a lot taller than him, um, and you know sometimes that, that's affected him and in, in the way he's been able to attack the basket. But other times, you know, I think I think Trace is probably a little bit stronger than this guy, um, and we'll be able to see if he can use that to his advantage. Also, going to be interesting to kind of see how quick does Notre Dame want to try to throw the double team at him. Um, you know, so we've seen some teams do it right away. Some teams kind of wait a little bit. Some teams don't do it at all, which is always a, a, an interesting choice. But it's going to be interesting to see how they attack him and how he responds. You know, I think he's been pretty good. Um, I think he's been a lot more patient this year, and he handled the double team. But there has also been times where sometimes he'll he'll try to you know project his pass out. He'll get deflected. He'll turn it over. So he's kind of been up and down a little bit in handling the double team. So that's always an interesting thing. And you know, against Wisconsin. It was really interesting because you know their their big guys weren't you know these these kind of all star type players that you know you'll see with like a Kofi Colburn or someone like that. Um, but but he kind of struggled a little bit you know at Wisconsin, uh, get, getting good shots, making the shots around the rim. So you know hopefully he's able to bounce back because I don't think he'll be challenged to a, a huge degree against Notre Dame. Um, and I think he should be able to get his. And you'd hope he's he's able to come out and kind of take advantage of his matchup because uh, he he's he's gonna you know be the thing that kind of gets any of that going and. You know, we've seen him kind of come out sluggish or slow, and you'd hope he comes out pretty energized and ready to go. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be an interesting matchup to watch um, to see how, how this guy's able to handle Trace or what their strategy is to kind of, kind of play him. But I think the best thing about this is that even if they do double him, you know, Indian has shown this year they actually have space around Trace Jackson Davis to, to make other teams pay. You know, Parker Stewart, Miller Cop, get it out to those guys um, for open shots. And more often than not, they're going to be able to knock him down. And that's been – the one thing Indiana hasn't had, and this is the thing they have this year, which has been really good, and it's been able to make Trace that much better in terms of his passing, in terms of you know how teams are trying to figure out how to play him because you can't just pack the paint on this IU team anymore. Um, I think it was really interesting when they played on Sunday. Um, you know when they were playing, like when they would bring, they were playing a zone, but when they got you know Race or Trace would get it inside, they were hugged out on the shooters, Miller, Cop, Parker, Stewart. They were the the defense was hugged out on them. So Trace and Race had a bunch of room to kind of you know pass to one another, get good buckets for each other, um, and that was a really good thing that they were able to take advantage of that. So that just shows you the, the impact that the shooters have had this year for IU, um, and that's kind of opened up Trace's game, so hopefully he's able to take more advantage of that on Saturday. All right, Dylan Wallace, my guest. Dylan, Ohio State supposed to play Kentucky out in Las Vegas. They're having some COVID issues. It looks like UCLA is. There have been some other issues in sports here recently with COVID cases popping up where no fans at a hockey game coming up I saw tonight or this weekend. A few other cancellations and different things. Uh, This isn't over yet, and it's going to be really interesting to see. I think Ohio State kind of hits close to home because of being from the Midwest and in the Big Ten Conference, but it's going to be interesting to see if this 
affects the schedule of, say, Indiana this year. If there are any games that are canceled because of positives on the IU roster or maybe on someone that they're set to play, that's something that I think we can't forget about just yet as a possibility. Yeah, it's popping up kind of everywhere. And uh, and I think we, we all kind of came into this sports slate thinking that we wouldn't have to have to worry about that as much as last year, but that hasn't been the case. I mean, the NBA has just been absolutely kind of destroyed by it right now. A uh, bunch of players, I think there's over like 50 of them that are in protocols right now. Uh, the NFL has had their issues with it. Now college basketball, Ohio State, you mentioned, theirs is canceled. Um, they were supposed to play Kentucky and Vegas. UCLA, who was supposed to play um, North Carolina, you know, theirs is canceled. They got COVID, so theirs is canceled. So now it's just going to be Kentucky and North Carolina going to play each other, as the, the two teams left standing in Vegas. Um, I think Northwestern, they're another one. I think they're supposed to play DePaul or someone like that. They Their game is canceled now, too, uh, this weekend. So, yeah, there's a couple of Big Ten teams who've been hit by it, and uh, it's, it's definitely going to be something that we're still going to have to keep an eye on. We're still going to have to moderate and see, you know, because it definitely can still affect the schedule. Um, and, you know, you hope Indiana doesn't catch it or, you know, if games are affected by them, you know. It's going to be interesting to kind of see, especially in Big Ten play, um, how the rescheduling process goes. Because I think, you know, with non-conference games, you just probably won't reschedule them, and that's fine. But in the Big Ten play, I think if a game is canceled, um, more often than not, they're going to try to find a window to, to squeeze it back in, um, which can, can make things challenging. I think last year, Indiana had some all squeezed in at the end of them, so that was made things a little bit difficult. So, yeah, unfortunately, this is uh, still very, very prevalent, and it's going to affect a lot of teams and, and cancellations, uh, which, which sucks. You know, we don't want that to happen, but uh, it's going to be, continue to be a storyline to look out for, and hopefully Indiana uh, is able to kind of get through uh, unscathed here. I think Mike Woodson said uh, earlier in the summer that, you know, in terms of vaccination or whatever his team is, I think he said, like, we're all good in that front. That's kind of all he said is we're, we're, we're taken care of. So uh, you hope, hope that's the case and, and they're able to, to stay healthy and everything like that, especially because I know um, I think the team's able to go home um, for the holidays this year. So hopefully everything's all good when they come back together with one another. And, uh, yeah, but, yeah, this is uh, unfortunately this is still going to be a big storyline this season. And hopefully um, by the time kind of conference play rolls around, uh, that stuff's kind of out the window and we can kind of play the conference and Big Ten play without any issues. But uh, as far as things are trending right now, it doesn't seem to be the case. Yeah, absolutely. Dylan, final question for you. I want to mention football for just a moment. Are you surprised, as I am and I think many others seem to be, about Tom Allen's uh, recruiting class this year? The 2022 class has set some more records for IU football. It's not what I expected for a team coming off a two-win season that had lots of really bad moments. Yeah, I don't know if there's ever been a team that's gone like 2-10 and ten and come back with a – a top 20 recruiting class. That's just kind of crazy. You know, um, I've been really impressed and I think it's a really good thing that they were able to, to keep all these guys. And, and, and in addition, also be able to recruit all these guys while they're having uh, one of the worst seasons that you could possibly have with the talent they had on the roster. So that's been a really nice turnaround. Um, and I think it's kind of, you know, reinvigorated a little bit more excitement, you know, uh, about the program a little bit. You know, we have, you know, Walt Bell came in as the offensive coordinator. People were kind of like, oh, I don't know about that. But now, you know, you have this really good recruiting class. You, you got a lot of really good transfers. You know, you, you got some running backs. You got a receiver. You got some guys on the defensive end. Um, you know, I, I think that was they did such a really, really nice job kind of, kind of, you know, salvaging a lot of the things they lost whether it's players graduating or players going to the transfer portal, and as well as just addressing the needs that they, that they 
desperately needed to fill heading into the season. I do think there is some still kind of some room to improve on the offensive line. I think that's a big thing all the fans are still wondering about, you know, will you bring in some more guys? Uh doesn't seem like there'll be a coaching change in that in that area of the of the of the um, you know, coaching coordinators or whatever. So you know, that's gonna stay the same for the most part. But yeah, hopefully they bring a couple more guys to the O line because that was that's been a big kind of Achilles heel for Indiana for a couple of years now. Um, but yeah, I, I do love what they did, you know, bringing in a lot of really good, good skill guys, uh, a lot of good, good defensive players. Um, it's been really exciting to kind of see the transfers and all the recruits. Cause it seems like some of these recruits, you know, Desan McColl is one of them, you know, the Dylan McCullough's son, the running backs coach. Um, you know, I think the, I think everyone kind of saw the, the, uh, the highlights of Jalen Lucas, the three-star from Louisiana, just kind of that fast twitch ability he has to get open, get free, get get in the back, get, you know, get free in the open field. He seems like a really electric and exciting player. They they just done a lot, a really good job. You know, I obviously Taiwan Mullins' brothers coming in. He's one of the highest-rating you know cornerbacks. So you know, there's a lot to be excited about uh, with this freshman class, and as also with the transfer that they brought in, a running back from North Carolina, a running back from Auburn, you know, a receiver from North Carolina. So. Uh, they've done they've done a really good job, and I was also a little surprised uh, at how well and how good it kind of turned out. Because and but that's exactly what Indiana needed. You know, they needed to kind of regroup, reset, bring in a lot of talent, and kind of get get everybody a little bit more excited. And I think they did that. So kudos to Tom Allen and kudos to that coaching staff because that was a really big deal for them to get back on track. And I think it's a little bit of a you know a fresh start in a way. Um, and you know the the biggest thing, and and I know it's on everybody's mind, is the quarterback situation. Where's that going to go? I think Tom Allen said in his press conference that they're looking to add a transfer and bring in um, a freshman as well. So they're still looking for two more quarterbacks to add to the roster. Even though I think Jack Tuttle said he is staying, uh, or at least he told Tom Allen that, and Tom Allen told the media. Um, so Tuttle's staying, but I think Allen still really wants to bring in a transfer who would probably be the starter. Um, so, you know, that's, that's still the biggest thing to look out for um, in the future here is what, what quarterbacks they're going to be able to bring in that can help right away. Because, uh, yeah, you know, you you can bring in all the receivers and running backs you want, but you got to have a guy that can throw the ball and, and run the offense. So, you know, that's going to be the biggest area that we're going to look out for in the future. But other than that, I mean, they've done a really good job, and it's been really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Dylan Wallace, he's the sports editor of the Seymour Tribune. He's with us to talk IU basketball, football, and more on Fridays. Dylan, thanks for the run today. We'll catch up with you next Friday. Sounds good. Thank you, guys. We'll head to a commercial break, come back with our final segment of the day and final segment of the week. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star will join next. Some high school hoops on tap. Big uh, conference realignment or some movement, at least, in Indianapolis with some of the biggest schools in the state. We're going to touch on that as well coming up next. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this in for. All the small schools never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach, who got us here. Here's Matt Dennison.
We're back here on this Friday program, final segment of the week with Kyle Nedenrip of the Indianapolis Star. We've got some basketball items to cover quickly. And, Kyle, first off, I wanted to mention Purdue yesterday with a recruiting commitment from a former in-state star. He was a young player at the time. There was a lot of hope he would really be a great one in our state, but then he transferred out to a prep school out west. That is Draven Gibbs Lawhorn who started his high school career at McCutcheon High School in the Lafayette area. So I guess geographically where he's from in the state, even though he left for a prep situation, probably no surprise Purdue able to land him and keep the local boy, even though he's out west now, uh, at home for college. Yeah, I think that was probably the uh, you know more of the uh, thought that, that that could happen at some point. And, and I think I'd been hearing in the last week or so that that was uh, probably going to happen relatively soon. So you know he joins uh, already a a good class with the they're building on with uh, Miles Colvin in there as well from Heritage Christian, who is more of a wing uh, type of player. Uh, Draven's more of a, a point guard uh, type, I would say. Um, you know, and I had a chance to see him play when he was he was probably the most highly touted of any of those kids in that class when he was a freshman, and uh, and still is. But you know we don't get to see him as much anymore because he, like you said, he went to prep school. And uh, he's been out, um, you know, with some injuries, I know, as well, some foot injuries. So I think which caused him to miss a a large part of his sophomore year, uh, if not most of it. So uh, he's playing again this year, playing well, uh, very quick and explosive type of player and, uh, you know, kind of slightly built, uh, but, uh, you know, obviously very, very talented. And, you know, when Purdue offers, you know, you you figure he's (laughs) he's a pretty good player. So. Uh, yeah, it's a good it's a good get. Like I said, he played his freshman year in McCutcheon and and really was a, a very dynamic player his his very first year of high school. So uh, Purdue getting another good one. Kyle Nedenrip is my guest. Kyle, if, if someone here in Southern Indiana that follows high school sports at all, they are aware of Carmel. Uh, in basketball and football and so many other sports and, and Center Grove specifically in football, but they've had some great basketball years with Trace Jackson Davis, New Albany, met him a few times in the in the postseason. So I think people are aware in central Indiana, those are two of the big dogs in their respective sports and in Carmel's cases, maybe every sport that's out there. But uh, those two schools leaving the big Mick conference, which is one of the more dominant or has been conferences uh, in the state for a new destination. Take us through some of the conference shakeup and work at this head ultimately. How long you got, Matt? <laughs> uh, well, it's it's an ongoing situation, and you know it's uh you know I think probably caught Carmel and Center Grove by surprise that the Mick put out that statement on Monday. I guess it was. Seems like it has been you know several weeks ago now, but you know so I, you know I've been talking to a lot of people, uh, kind of the back channels, and you know, and, and this has been going on for a while. You can go back to July and August. So we actually wrote about this. Uh, potentially, and even before that, there had been some some talk that the HCC might be a landing spot, at least for Carmel. Uh, I think Center Grove was probably a little bit later to the, you know, to the talk, I guess, about about that potentially happening. But you know, I think it's uh, you know, it's not a done deal. I would say from what I've from what I've heard, and I think there's uh, some other things going on that may lead it to happen. I I, I do think at this point, I think January fourth will be the date to uh, mark on your calendar if you're into this. Uh, topic uh but i at first week of J- january we should have some uh you know some uh you know solidification on what happens exactly in this situation but you know they've been looking and, and there's multiple reasons 
you know, like I said, it'd probably take a while to get into everything. But one of the biggest things is that these suburban schools have grown to the size where they can compete with the Carmel and the Center Grove. And that wasn't the case even, you know, a decade ago and certainly 20 years ago when the MIC was just kind of getting started. So, you know, and there's the, you know, the, the, the non-revenue sports are much more competitive in those uh, schools, um, you know, where they're not as much in the township schools. But, you know, obviously some feelings have been uh, hurt by this situation from the, you know, from the rest of the MIC and, you know, it's unfortunate these things never, are, you know, end well normally when the schools leave a conference or they're forced out of a conference. So, you know, it's it's kind of a, an interesting situation. I, I, you know, there are the HCC schools. There's mixed opinions on if they should let Carmel and Center Grove come in. Then you come to you're at ten schools. So then that creates a whole, you know, do, what do you divide into divisions? Do you play that because that pretty much eats up your whole football schedule. So. You know, there's there's uh, a lot of things that still have to be worked out, and it's not even a you know finalized deal yet. So, uh, very interesting though. I think it's going to be a, you know, I think it's going to be a uh, situation that's maybe not resolved until uh, right up to uh, January uh, first week of January. So, but yeah, it's a it changed certainly. You know, conferences are not the be all end all, but when you're talking about these two conferences and what the MIC has meant. Uh, it's Indiana high school sports over the last many years. Uh, it's, it is a big story, and you know, people are certainly interested, and in, you know, partly because of the reasons why they're leaving, and um, you know, and then what happens to the MIC? Do they add schools? I, I think that's still to be determined as well. So, you know, a lot of things that are still up in the air, but we do know that you know, Carmel and Center Grove, whatever verbiage you want to put it, they're not going to be playing in the MIC, and that's that will happen almost immediately in the, in the spring. And there, you know, that, you know, so there's some issues there for scheduling too, that have to be worked out. So yeah, it's very uh, interesting deal. Kyle, we've only got uh, a minute or so, but do you think this could, uh, like we've seen in college sports, trigger some movement in other conferences in central Indiana that as things started to move could eventually affect other parts of our state? Or do you think this is just kind of a one-off thing here that uh, will take care of itself over the coming month or so? Yeah, I think that's still uh, to be determined on depending if they, if well, you know, if they don't get in the HCC, you know, does Carmel and Center Grove, do they uh, try to bring some schools with them to start it? I think that's a, uh, you know, if that happens, there's some uh, concern that that could, could wreck some other conferences or, or then what are you left with exactly? From what I've, people I've talked to, I don't think the MIC uh, has their, you know, they may stay with six for a while. That could be what they end up doing. Uh, there's some schools out there interested, but maybe not uh, the MIC is interested in. So it hasn't been a great match for them so far, but uh, it kind of determines what the ACC does to to know what happens after that. Going to be interesting to follow. Kyle Neddenrip of the Indianapolis Star, Star. Kyle, have a great weekend. No problem. Thanks, Matt. That's going to wrap things up here on this uh, Friday program. High school hoops tonight at 730 on the Big X. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.